So you turn to Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 and 12 this morning, ending the section that we've been working on for a month. Twelve verses concerning the ministry of John the baptizer, and we're looking at it one more time beginning at verse 11, and the declaration of the baptizer that specifies the ministry of Messiah in those precise biblical terms of history and prophecy. John the baptizer says, 3.11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he capital H, that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will truly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. In verse 12, John the baptizer specifies the ministry of Messiah in three terms, purge or clean, gather, and burn. What does Messiah do? He cleans. What does Messiah do? He gathers. What does Messiah do? He burns. That is a phenomenal characteristic of messianic ministry. And I think your heart will be thrilled this morning when you see that in the bigger, broader picture of the Word of God. Father, this morning we pause to ask thy blessed Spirit's help. There was a thrill in our hearts at study as we considered these things weeks ago. And we would share this morning something of that blessedness with those that have gathered on this Lord's Day morning. Open the eyes of our understanding. Open our mouths to speak and our ears to hear the truth of Christ today. That our thoughts of him would be great. That our hearts would be enlarged by thy spirit for him and that this week's duty would seem as nothing in light of the glories of the Savior. This we pray in the name of the Savior, and for his blessed sake, amen. Upon analysis, there are three different baptisms referenced in Matthew chapter 3. There is the baptism of repentance, as administered by John in preparation of the Jewish nation for the promised Jewish king. Verse 2, verse 6, particularly zero in on that thought. And then, of course, there is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which would be brought and would be ministered by Jesus Christ. Verse 11, he will baptize with the Holy Ghost. And then, thirdly, there is the baptism of fire that is likewise to be associated with the mighty work of Christ and, of course, the work of Christ in judgment. In general terms of fulfillment, we connect the baptism of John 
with the first century Jewish preparation for the kingdom of God as was offered them. We connect the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the Jewish feast of Pentecost as recorded in Acts chapter 2. And we connect the baptism of fire with the coming day of the Lord when, as the scripture says, quote, the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and works that are therein shall be burned up. So says Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. Now, none of these three baptisms reference directly inform us about believers' baptism. Let me say that again. None of these three baptisms reference directly inform us about believers' baptism as is commanded in practice in the local church as a testimony of an individual's personal faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And yet, we cannot say that the three baptisms that are seen in Matthew 3's presentation have no connection to the believer's baptism. And in fact, the links between all the references to baptism in the scripture, John's baptism, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of fire, and believer's baptism, all the baptisms that are referenced in scripture are profound and compelling. And thereby, we must work to make the connections Uh, even though as they sit in the scripture, they are not directly connected, except as it is stated for us in our text. John specifically preached that Messiah cleanses, that Messiah gathers, and that Messiah burns. If you want to summarize the ministry of Jesus Christ, you cannot do better than John did in Matthew 3.12. What Jesus did do, what Jesus does do, what Jesus shall do, is easily to be understood in these three terms. Cleansing, gathering, burning. What John anticipated in Messiah has come true. What John anticipated in Messiah is coming true, what John anticipated in Messiah shall come true. What John anticipated has been fulfilled in a definite way at the cross. When you think of the cross, think of these terms, cleansing, gathering, burning. Think of those words in relationship to the cross. What John anticipated is being fulfilled in a definite way in this way age of the church. When you think about the church age of which we are a part, when you think about my life, your life, now, these words, cleansing, gathering, burning, directly relate to the idea of, uh, of uh, the church. What John anticipated will be fulfilled completely in every sense of the promises made when the Lord returns in the culmination. Today, we're applying the anticipation threefold ministry of Messiah to the calendar of biblical history and prophecy. 
We're going to use primarily the idea of gathering as an example of the time frames that are involved, uh, although by no means will we ignore uh, the idea of cleansing and burning. Now, let me just, let me just uh, uh, encourage you to understand that I'm preaching one message at the end, and I'd really like to preach at least three messages here. I'd like to preach a message on Messiah's ministry of cleansing. I'd like to preach a message on Messiah's ministry of gathering. I'd like to preach a message on Messiah's ministry of burning. I'm not going to do that. We've already been a month in these verses. And I don't, end, I don't come to the end of any passage anymore these days. I just learned to quit. And so I'm going to preach... Uh, uh, that which is a, a, an overview, although it's only one verse, and it involves with these three things. I, but I'm going to use gathering as our mental thread line uh, to trace this morning. And then I'm just going to throw out some, uh, uh, some things to you uh, uh, that you can chew on a little bit as it relates to cleansing and as it relates to burning. But here's the basic structure that I'm giving you this morning, and I would have to say probably the first time in my entire preaching life that I could do so. Messiah's ministry is uniquely summarized in three things, cleansing, gathering, and burning. Those three things directly impact the ministry of Christ at the cross, the ministry of Christ in the church, the coming ministry of Christ in the day of culmination. If it sounds profound, good, it is. If it don't, I'm sorry, <laughs> because it really is. Now, one of the earliest messianic prophecies that you can find anywhere in the Bible is the book of Genesis, chapter 49 and verse 10. I think you have a representation of that in your bulletin so that you don't necessarily have to turn there. But in that ancient prophecy concerning Messiah, Genesis 49:10, it forecasts that, quote, unto him shall the gathering of the people be. The first phenomenal concept coming out of the book of Genesis beyond the Proto-Evangelium, Genesis 3.15, the first additional messianic truth that comes our way is that this one born of the tribe of Judah will be the one unto whom the gathering of the people shall be. The patriarch Jacob prophesied the gathering of God's people would mark the work of Messiah born of the tribe of Judah. Therefore, we are not then surprised to find additional specific scriptures thereafter concerning the gathering of God's people in connection to the cross, in connection to the church, and in connection to the culmination. Now, here's the thing I want you to see with me today, and that is this. There is a clear sense of messianic cleansing, gathering, burning at times before the ultimate sense of cleansing, gathering, burning. Or to say it otherwise, Messiah did burn, gather, cleanse. Messiah does burn, gather, cleanse. Messiah shall burn, gather, cleanse. I'm telling you, it's a big deal.
much of what is said concerning the gathering work of Messiah, especially following the period of the ten tribes uh, when they fell to the Assyrians, and then again after the two tribes left, fell to the Babylonians. That's when most of what is said in the Bible about the gathering work of Messiah is said. Now, for the sake of efficiency, we can't cover the entirety of uh, the whole prophetic record, but I'd like you to see that prophetic truth of messianic gathering in just one prophetic book, namely the book of Isaiah. So if you would uh, uh, turn to Isaiah chapter 11, uh, uh, we're going to look for a gathering thread, a gathering thread, a promise of gathering uh, in the prophetic record And we're going to attach that, as it were, uh, to the reality of Messiah. And we begin on Isaiah chapter 11, and uh, we're going to look specifically at verse 12. Where we find these words, And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcast of Israel, and the gather and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. God repeatedly promised his people, Israel, that in a coming day they would be gathered into a unified whole. And when you begin to chase the pronouns in the prophetic record, you will see that they do refer to God himself as the gatherer. God is the grand burner. God is the grand gatherer. God is the grand cleanser of his people. And that thread line of gathering is found again and again and again in the biblical record. Uh, Flip to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. I'll begin reading in verse 3, although verse 5 is where I'm really interested in regards to the specific thing that it says. But nonetheless, Isaiah 43, 3. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior, thy Yeshua, thy Jesus. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopian and Seba for thee. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not. For I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. God the Savior King is going to gather his ancient people from around the world as a testimony to his own greatness and power. What are we doing? We're quickly running the gathering thread of Isaiah's prophecy so that we can connect that to the ministry of Messiah. 
Isaiah 56 and verse 8. Isaiah 56 and verse 8. Wow, does it ever get interesting here. It says, The Lord God, which gathered or gathereth the outcast of Israel, saith, Yet will I gather others to him. Who's speaking? God. Who is he speaking about when he says him? Who is he speaking about when he says him? You have to go all the way back to Genesis 49. And that messianic prophecy that says unto him shall be the gathering of the people. Here in Isaiah 56 and verse 8, the Lord God which gathereth the outcasts of Israel, thank God for his program for the Jewish people, says, yet will I, God, gather others to him. Who is that? Besides those that are gathered unto him. That's me. That's you. Glory be to God Almighty. We have been gathered by the Lord. You see why my soul was all cranked up this last number of weeks. Couldn't hardly wait to get here this week. I'm like the guy that uh, gets all cranked up for the football game and you get in the first quarter and you're so jazzed up you can't even run the play. <laughs> so I kind of feel this morning. Well, Isaiah 66. Here's our last little stop. By the way, I'm still in the introduction of this message, so we might be taking a break later than normal. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just teasing. Isaiah 66 and verse 18. God said, For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall come that I will gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. What is going to happen next? Well, the Republicans, who cares? The Democrats, who cares? I'm not saying that we should be anything less than prayerful. I'm not saying we should be anything less than devoted to righteousness as God has known, helped us to know what is righteous. I'm just simply saying, and the end of it all, we are absolutely 100% Devoted and committed to God's program because that's what's going to happen anyhow. He is God and he cannot be stopped. He is God and he cannot be stopped. And we are his people. You can't touch this. You have this messianic thread line that runs throughout the Bible, and I've just given you a taste of it in Isaiah, of God's promise to gather. God's ultimate plan is to gather a universal gathering of every tribe and tongue and nation to see and to glorify him in his presence. Or as we read it this morning in Psalm 50 and verse 5, and to witness his righteous dealings with those in covenant by sacrifice. We are people 
in covenant with God by sacrifice. Not the sacrifice of blood and bulls and goats, but the sacrifice of the cross. That's next hour. The Old Testament prophetic expectation is specified as to Messiah's gathering Israel, Messiah's gathering of a remnant, and Messiah's gathering of nations. Thus, John the baptizer preached of Christ, and he will purge his floor. He will cleanse that which he owns and will gather his wheat into the garner and burn away the chaff. Cleansing, gathering, burning. As John forwards that in summary of Messiah's ministry needs to be, for our sense of application, applied to time. And so we have a few moments in this hour to do that very thing. Again, I'm saying to you that the gathering of Jesus the Christ was fulfilled. I'm saying that the gathering of Jesus Christ is being fulfilled. And I'm saying that the gathering that is related to Jesus the Christ shall be fulfilled. And therefore, we're going to talk about what was fulfilled, what is being fulfilled, and what shall be fulfilled. The first thing we must talk about is the cleansing, gathering, burning of Messiah at the cross. The gathering expectation of Messiah was fulfilled in a definitive way at the cross. On the Tuesday before crucifixion, after the previous Sunday's ride into Jerusalem as hailed the king of the Jews, Jesus spoke of the accomplishments of his sacrificial death. The Apostle John records that our Lord was sought by some Greeks wanting to meet him and took the occasion of the desire of those non-Jewish people as an occasion to alert his disciples to the fact that his hour had indeed come. Jesus spoke in that moment of a time saying, Now the judgment of this world has come. And then Jesus said, as we've printed it for you in the bulletin, from John 12, 32, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Just a few days, three days before crucifixion, Jesus said, when I'm lifted up in crucifixion, I will draw all men unto me. The word draw means to lead, to impel, or to gather. Jesus said that his cross would result in all men drawn or gathered. All men. In context of that statement, John 12, could be taken as all kinds of men, as in Jews and Greeks, or Jews and non-Jews drawn by Messiah when lifted up at the cross. But... 
The term all men could certainly be understood theologically as the elect, the chosen of God, the remnant. I would have no argument with that. But we must also say that all men, biblically speaking, is defined by the Apostle Paul as, quote, God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, 2 Corinthians 5.19. At the cross, Christ gathered in one Jews and Gentiles. At the cross, Christ gathered in one uh, the elect of God. At the cross, Christ poised humanity as reconciled unto God under invitation of salvation. And on that basis, I can honestly, I can honestly, I can honestly say, whosoever will may come. If you want to respond to God, you can. But the only people that respond to God are the elect. And I'm not smart enough to explain that. But that's exactly what the Bible says. I do know that when Christ was uplifted on the cross, that he created the gathering point for Jews and Gentiles. I do know that when Christ was uplifted at the cross, that it was the gathering point for all the elect over generations of time. And I do know that when Christ was lifted at the cross, that humanity was poised in a position under salvation as an invitation from God Almighty, saying, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Wow, 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 what the cross was a phenomenal gathering point in the ministry of Messiah. Now it's not difficult to see or to proclaim that the cross of Christ was uh, the great act of messianic gathering, uh, it is also not difficult to see that it is likewise uh, uh, the place of the associated matters of cleansing and burning, as forecast by John the Baptizer. Listen to this statement. It'll be brief. At the cross, the burning judgment of God fell upon sin, and the cleansing blood of the spotless Lamb of God taking away the sin of the world did flow. The cross, what a burning. The cross, what a moment of judgment as the Lord satisfied the demand of the Holy Father the cross, what a cleansing blood did flow. What a glorious gathering was secured. What a glorious burning fell on him. What a glorious cleansing is afforded us because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. John said Messiah would purge, gather, burn. And he did at the cross. That brings us quickly to the second thing, and that is the cleansing, gathering, burning of Messiah in the church. <laughs> Messiah did burn 
gather, cleanse. Messiah does burn, gather, cleanse. The cleansing, gathering, burning of Messiah is being definitively fulfilled on this day of the church. The very word church, ecclesia, refers to a group of people called out into an unidentifiable assembly. The Lord now builds and gathers his church. Those that are in this church by faith in Christ are gathered together as a family, the family of God. As gathered ones, we are commanded to gather locally until the grand day of gathering ahead. Hebrews 10.25 is familiar, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. So, as gathered ones in Christ, we gather together, physically, to exhort one another until the grand day of gathering soon ahead. Now, we don't usually characterize the services of this local church in this way, but I believe it's biblical to say this hour right here is a messianic gathering. Our worship hour is a messianic gathering. People that have been gathered by the Jewish Messiah unto himself gather and they gather until the grand day of gathering. Would we find it difficult to find the additional elements of messianic cleansing and burning fulfilled uh, in this day of the church? Of course not. We are specifically instructed to apply, as believers, specifically instructed to apply the fire of God's own judgments to ourselves that we be not further judged of God. Our communion instructions of last week told us that believers are chastened of the Lord and not condemned with the world. Our communion instructions tell us about the kind of burning judgment that ought to be applied to our lives as the people of God gathered. We must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and in that hour our works will be subject to the test of the Lord's fire which 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says will be subjected to burning away wood, hay, and stubble of that which is of a fleshly life and ministry. The only thing that stands the test of God's fire is, wood, uh, is not the wood, hay, and stubble, but the gold, silver, and precious stones of the word of God. Believers in Jesus go boldly to the throne of grace, confessing their sins, knowing of his faithful forgiveness and cleansing from all unrighteousness. Listen, every day of my life, every day of your life in Christ, there is the application of the Lord's burning judgments, which are true and altogether right and are to be applied by the Spirit's help in our lives. And the blood of Christ forgives us and presents us in a position before God once again as being clean from all unrighteousness. Oh, that believers today 
would have their eyes open to the burning and the cleansing and the gathering of Messiah right here and right now, exactly as John forecasted. If you start thinking about church ministry in relationship to Christ as that which he does, what does Christ do? He burns, he cleanses, he gathers. This is what Christ does. This is the ministry of the church. The ministry of Christ in extension through his church, which is his body, the church that he builds, has got to be connected to this idea of the judgments of the Lord that are right and perfect. The cleansing of the Lord that is only by the sacrificial blood. And the gathering of the Lord of a people unto himself so that he can be their God And they would be his people forever and forever. And all God's people say, amen. Amen. That's what church ministry is all about. That is an excellent summary of this age and the messianic work that continues. Well, the third thing has to do with the cleansing, gathering, and burning of Messiah in regards to the culmination. 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Therefore, we sing, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. We sing, Jesus is coming again. We sing, soon and very soon, I am going to see the king. We sing, we shall behold him. Much of our hymnology looks forward to the great and grand day of final gathering of all God's people from all generations over all What a day that will be. Messiah gathers in that day, and his gathering shall be complete. He did gather. He does gather. He will gather. He did gather all. He does gather all. All, he will gather all. Is it hard to add to that concept of future gathering, the grand day, the great day of future gathering? Is it hard to add in our thinking the concepts of messianic burning and cleansing? Oh, no. Not hard at all. Revelation 20 depicts the day of burning judgment ahead when sinners are judged according to their works and, quote, death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. Scripture says this is the second death. Revelation 21 depicts the new heaven and the new earth created by God for his people by fiery renovation in which there is no more sin or death. We call Messiah's work complete. The eternal state, the eternal condition, 
If we have a, a point of fallacy, uh, we have so limited our ideas of our glorious future in Christ uh, to the concept of heaven. And the Bible does certainly render that idea of heaven, the abode of God. But we've so limited our ideas to the puny constructs of our own mind concerning heaven as being some cloudy place where angels strum harps and that somehow we join them in the singing when most of us would just as soon not be hearing a harp when we sing at all. But nonetheless, uh, uh, we've so uh, limited the aspect of the references of God that we miss the great emphasis of the scripture that where it all ends is with a new heavens and a new earth in which only righteousness dwells. And you won't be just some uh, 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 goo, gop, uh, 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 glimy uh, uh, soul floating around in, in a spiritual sense of, of nothingness. No, uh, God made you to be a, a body, a soul, and a spirit, and you will forever, in eternity future, be a body, and a soul, and a spirit in the Lord. Gather unto God himself in Jesus Christ. And again, as Revelation twenty one twenty seven says, uh, there shall in no wise enter into it anything that uh, defileth. Wow. That's where we're going. That's where we're heading. And so the little thing that I've tried to drop in your minds over four weeks is this. In the waters of John's baptism, sin was confessed. In the fire of Christ's baptism, sin is destroyed. At the cross, in the church, and forever at the culmination. What is the gathering of the local church? It's a gathering of the people of God. What is the gathering of the local church? It's the application of the Lord's fire to life. What is the gathering of the local church? It is the cleansing of God's people for the coming day ahead. And the day will come when God's great fire will have so done its work in my life and yours, and God's cleansing work will have so done its great work in my life and yours, that it's all that's left for all eternity is one grand gathering of righteousness in the Lord. My soul feels ready for that. I, I'm ready for that. I trust you're ready for that. And the only reason that any soul can in any way feel ready for that is because of what Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, Jesus the Christ, did. And remember now that Matthew is seeking to help us to understand who Christ is. Jesus the Christ. And he's also trying to help us to understand why there was a delay in the kingdom promise of God as was offered to the Jewish nation back in that day. And the answer to that question can be stated as, Other sheep have I which are not of this fold. Thank you, God. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
fire of Christ's baptism was first manifest at the cross for saving purposes, it will next be manifest in the culmination of the age. In the meantime, it is on us to honor the Messiah as king by application of his burning or judgment and application of his cleansing by the confessing of our sins, knowing that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, as I said, concerning the future gathering, we sing, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Super. Glad you got that confidence. But pastorally, my concern is, what about when we gather here? What about when we gather on Sunday? What about when we gather on Wednesday? What about when we gather for prayer? What about when we gather for preaching? What about the attention to the gathering of God's people until the great day of gathering? I think it's fair to say that in the evangelical world in America, the gathering numbers are down. May God help us to understand and make sure that we have a, a good handle on this which God himself in the Christ does do. Cleanses, gathers, burns. Father, we thank you this morning for the listening ear and for the opportunity to attend to these things. It is our prayer that there would be more than mental assent, but that there would be a true sense of heartfelt embrace. There would be an ordering of our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that our attitude would not just be, life goes on, as if it forever will, exactly as we know it now, but that life, the life of promise, is to be happening here and now as we anticipate the great day, the great work, yet ahead. We're thankful this morning for what you did do. We're thankful this morning for what you do do. Oh, God, we will be so thankful when you will do what you say you will do in the coming day. Thank you for calling us unto yourself and gathering unto us as your people. We thank and we praise you in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen.